What's up, podcast world? Welcome to season two of IMWT. This is Micah Bailey. And I'm Thomas Rodriguez. And we're here in the podcast studio with two guests today. We have Harry and Marianne Houston. So I'm going to hand it over to them and let them introduce themselves and tell us a little about who you are. Hi, I'm Marianne. I'm originally from Ohio. I've been married for 52 years. I've got grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But Texas is our home and WT is one of our favorites. And my name is actually Dr. Harry Houston. I'm born and raised in Pittsburgh. Our ventures in life took us from Pittsburgh to Columbus, Ohio, to L.A., to Tucson, Arizona, where in those areas I was a police chief. And then I came to WT in 2000 and as a criminal justice professor, was here for 21 years, and we love WT. That's sweet. You were telling me outside of the podcast studio that you moved absolutely all over the United States. Yes, ma'am. We moved uh, because of my job. We started as as a police officer at Kent State, then I was a state trooper at Ohio State University, then from there became a police chief in the L.A. area at Loyola Marymount, and I was a chief at the University of Arizona. So, yeah, we've moved all over the place, but we love Texas. We've been here now. Yeah. (laughs) So you were talking about your law enforcement. You've done this all over the place. Why did you pursue a career in law enforcement? Well, that's a great question, and the answer is I I got a number of degrees, and my undergrad degree is in education. I was actually a student teacher. I was teaching social studies, and I knew how much money I could make as a teacher. Then a friend of mine called and said, hey, the the police are hiring. They're going to give you $3,000 more a year, and so... I went into police work. <laughs> you saw the money and were like, yep, that's where I want to go. <laughs> well, then how'd you end up teaching for WT then if you were in law enforcement for so long? Well, while I was in law enforcement, we did a lot of teaching. Marianne and I did a lot of work in our church. And so that involved teaching a lot of junior high. Well, we've done junior high. We've done We've done everything. And so, and then when I was a chief out in the L.A. area, I taught in a school of business for a number of years. I loved teaching. And then I wanted to get back to it. And then when I was a chief at uh, the University of Arizona, I did a lot of guest lectures and wanted to actually get into teaching. But I knew I had to get a Ph.D., so I got that from the university. This job came open, and here we are. Right. So would you say that... The teaching was really more your passion over the law enforcement? Oh, yes. I loved teaching, and I loved my students. And they were 21 years, great, great, great students here. Loved everything. That's sweet. And, Marianne, I believe you said that you're a fundraising consultant? Yes? I'm a retired fundraising consultant. Started doing it with a Canyon Pregnancy Center here in town, And then I was hired by the Emerald Tri-State Exposition, who puts on the fair and rodeo each year to do fundraising for them. And they had never really acted like a nonprofit, so we had to get into nonprofit order before I could start applying for grants. So that was my first challenge, was get them eligible for grants. And then I worked for them for 16 years. Oh, wow. That's a long time to be doing that kind of stuff. (laughs) Where did you two go to college? We both went and did, got our undergraduate degrees from Kent State University in Ohio. So, Dr. Houston, you taught classes here. What was your experience with the campus and student life around here? Well, we've been very active on this campus, well beyond me teaching. We're very involved with what they call the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
and we've been involved in that for over a decade. We're also very involved. I was one of the original poster child for IMWT when they started it back then. We also have developed very strong friendships with other professors, other administrators, and other students. I mean, I think we've adopted, I don't know, a number of WT students as our grandkids. Our, our granddaughter came here for a couple of years, and when she came, there were about four or five or six, I can't remember how many, but they, you know, we sort of adopted them, and then through FCA, we follow all the, the team sports. And then we've also very involved with the students there, have them come over for dinner and get to know them. And so my work as a professor is only a small, was a small part how we're involved in WT. We really love WT. I guess I have a question for both of y'all. You said both of you were involved in the, would say F- FCA, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Gotcha. Yes, where, where did that passion come from? Why did you want to start doing that? Several years ago, the chaplain then came and approached Harry several times about getting involved and at least just coming over and seeing what it was. And since we've always been involved in pretty much college-age ministry, we've done junior high and senior high, but we've been involved with universities for over 50 years. And we're very involved at our church and very involved in athletics, so it was just kind of a natural fit. So they asked us to come on the board, I think, about eight years ago. And so we've been serving since then here on campus. So talking about athletics, uh, why do both of you support WT Athletics? Why is it so important to you guys specifically? Well, that's a tough one. Um, We both really enjoy sports, and it's given us and into meeting a lot of students. We enjoy getting to know the students, getting to know their parents. We have little business cards that we pass out to the students and the parents, especially the ones that live long distance, and say, here's our phone number, here's our email. If you get that weird call from your student at midnight and they're sobbing, call us because we can get there within a matter of minutes. So that's kind of how it started. We've always enjoyed that age group. Well, and the other thing is, as a professor here, I taught a lot of student-athletes, and the amount of time management a student has to take to be a student-athlete here is incredible. And so I've always been very appreciative of students who are, first, just being a student here at WT. I mean, look at your lives. I mean, WT is a great great university, but you don't walk away with a degree. You have to earn those degrees. And then on top of that, as a student athlete, I mean, you have your practices. Some students start here as early as 5, 5.30 in the morning, and they go to 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. And so I've got a real love for an appreciation not only for the students here, but also for our student athletes. And the other thing that, that recently I've been asked to do, I work as a recruiter for the athletic program. And what that means is when, a let's say, Kendra Potts is a volleyball coach, brings in a recruit, she will recruit that woman to volleyball. I bring him to WT, and that's a, a volunteer job, by the way. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get paid for that because I will bring anybody the WT and them. This is the greatest university, in my opinion, in the United States of America right now. Have you worked anywhere else other than WT? 
Oh, yeah. I've worked as a police officer at Kent State University for, not, for I guess, about a year. We got married in 1971. Then I worked as a police officer, state trooper, down at in Ohio State University. From there, I worked at Loyola Marymount University as a police chief director of public safety. And from there, University of Arizona. So my whole career has been in universities at different sizes. I mean, you start talking Ohio, Ohio State, you're talking, you know, huge university. University of Arizona has now grown, though, so it's quite big. So I've been very blessed to have a different type of environment in law enforcement, uh, but it's always been in a university setting. Yeah, I just asked because I agree with w- the WT being the best in the world, but that's where I've only been. So it's nice to hear from someone else who says, I've been everywhere, mm-hmm. and I can say, for a matter of fact, you're at the right place. I would say amen. <laughs> Yeah, I can safely say after, because when I was doing the touring experience for different, like, colleges and stuff like that, I'm from, like, Houston, so this is a big drive to get up here and all that, and I couldn't decide at first what I wanted to do, and I saw all these big universities, and I thought, that doesn't really look like it's for me, and then I came to WT, smaller university, and you get a more personal experience, and I really, uh, I just agree with that sort of setting, I would say. So you guys talked about, you've been to different universities. Why is supporting WT specifically the most important to you, would you say? Well, in a way, we were just talking about this. Yesterday, we went to a luncheon, IMWT, Leaving a Legacy, and we talked about, the two of us went after we left, about why we support WT, and it's because it's small and because it's personal. We've been at all these different universities and haven't been involved, we may have gotten season tickets for football because he had to work the games, you know, that type of thing. But we never went to a dinner or a luncheon or spent as much time on campus. At least I didn't. I had two kids. I was taking care of them, and campus wasn't closed. He drove 51 miles one way to campus when we lived out in the L.A. area. So it's the personal aspect here. You can actually see who you are helping. We started a scholarship a few years ago in the athletic department to help students or parents in emergency situations if a parent had passed away or a student had to have surgery. A lot of times the parents or students didn't have the financial resources to get to their family. And so we started a scholarship to help them do that. And that's just been very rewarding because we know it's been used several times. Right. That seems very specific to me. Was there a certain situation where something happened and you were like, ooh, I need to start doing this for somebody? Yes, there was. We had a volleyball player named Cree who had, she's probably been gone since you've been here, but she had major hip surgery really before we knew her. And then she ended up having to have the same hip surgery on her other hip. And her mom lives down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And she said, I don't think my mom's going to be able to come up here because she can't afford an airline ticket. And that's kind of what triggered it. I think, oh, my gosh, I wonder who else has run into the same situation. And since then, we found out many have. Unbeknownst to her, a friend gave her mom an airline ticket to fly up here to be with her, which was really cool. But I had already planned to take her to the hospital and be with her during the surgery. And so I went up, sat with her mom. Then her mom left. Her dad came up. I took her home and got her on the ice machine in her apartment and kind of took care of her. So that was that was kind of why we decided to start it. 
That's sweet. I love that story. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'd say you're big into the athletics department here at WT. Do you guys have any like favorite events that you like going to? I mean, obviously our football games are pretty big, but you guys have any in specific that you like? Oh yeah, we've had season tickets for years for football, softball, and baseball. And we don't have season tickets to volleyball, but we go to all the volleyball games. And we try to catch some soccer when we can. It's a lot of stuff piggybacks on each other, so we can't get to all the games. But those are our favorites, or at least mine. Yeah, I would say, I don't know if I'd say I have a favorite sport. We go to everything. And um, volleyball, I go over and watch and help the girls at practice probably once a week. Just to find out how everything's doing and, you know, how school going how they feel and stuff like that. But I really feel we love every sport that we can get to. That's why we do what we do. So I assume y'all were pretty excited when the Lady Buffs volleyball team made a, what is it, state champs? Nationals. Nationals. That's what it is. Yeah, Yeah, that was a big deal. I remember I had a friend in an ASL class who was part of that team, and we were all very excited for her when she got there. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is we are one of the – this university has won more NCAA championships in the last decade than any other D1 or D2 university. I mean, we have a horse judging team that has been national championships, track and field national. I mean, we are so blessed here to have – national championship students, it's just awesome. I mean, to me, that is a sideline to the greatness of the the education and what WT gives. But it's a huge benefactor, I feel, in recruiting and retaining great students that, that we have here. Yeah, I agree. Because even though I haven't ever been in direct contact with the coach 24-7, I see it on the sidelines that our coaches don't just care about winning that game. Our coaches care more about the people who are on the sidelines, and I see that contributes in the game, and so that's how we've won so many things, is that it's not just about winning the game, it's become about the team and about the individual, and then you see it with people like y'all behind the scenes, and so it's a almost a psychological game in a way, and so we get to see that here. You hit the nail on the head. Our coaches want to win, but they want to create and provide the students with life opportunities to make them better. Mm -hmm. And all of our coaches, in my opinion, are all doing that. That's another reason that we love WT. It's awesome. It's, it's It's cool to see other people's experiences with this sort of thing. We're gonna break for just a little bit and we'll be right back with more of the IMWT podcast. Donors to West Texas A&M University give more than their material support. They devote time, expertise, and commitment. WT would not be what it is today without individuals dedicated to our forward progress. We're back with Dr. Harry Houston and Mary Ann Houston. You two were talking about students 
in the athletic program and all that. Can you tell us more about maybe how the students have impacted you? Well, I have a T-shirt that says game day on the front, and on the back it says Graham. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have a lot of the uh, student athletes and other students here on campus that just call us Graham and Grams, which is kind of interesting. You hear Graham bellowed at you in Walmart, and you're thinking, okay, who's <laughs> who is this? But they've been so sweet. We found out that during COVID, when everything was shut down so much, and the kids came back to campus and there were so many restrictions, we just said, if you're feeling okay, you're welcome at our house. So we had a lot of students, mostly our granddaughter's friends, but we had other athletes that would come over and just spend time at our house and watch movies and hang out and sing karaoke, do whatever. And that was really great because we don't have any family here. We have two daughters that are both married and have families. One's in Tucson, Arizona, and the other's in Arvada, Colorado, near Denver. So we don't have any biological family here. So we've just adopted a lot of the students because we have access to them, which has been great. You don't want to just walk out onto the street and say, well, you'd be my granddaughter or grandson. So that's how we got the kids in there. And they just impact our lives with their youth and their vitality, their interest. Some of them are just absolutely amazing, ask amazing questions. They come to us for advice and stuff like that. So that's how they've impacted us. That's sweet. I was going to tell you real quick that uh, it actually means a lot to me personally <laughs> because my family is from Canada. Oh. And I ooh, I have some next-door next neighbors who took me in as their mm. grandchildren. And so I kind of relate with that a lot. And It's yeah. a great feeling, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You kind of get to create your own family in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my family to death. <laughs> I just never get to see them. Right. So having someone to take me in like that, it meant a lot. It does mean a lot to the students, and you can tell. Most of them have the code for our garage. They kind of come <laughs> and go. We had one, though he wasn't an athlete, that he loved our dog. And we'd be sitting at a softball game, and we'd get a phone call. Graham, can I take socks for a walk? Sure. So he'd just go in through the garage, get her leash, put her on the leash, usually walk her up to the softball game, and we'd see him coming along. And just things like that are just make it really special because we don't have our own hair, so we've got the others that are stepping up for us. Love that. Yeah. I, I kind of I have not quite a similar experience. I mean, my family is down in Houston, and it's hard to get up here, so they don't show up very often. But my dad actually graduated from here. He got his oh. master's in music in 2000. He graduated with a friend of ours who still lives up here and has her own children that are going to mm. campus here. And I get to meet with them on Sundays, and we get to go out and have lunch and stuff, and it's pretty nice. It is. So, yeah, I, I can relate to it just a little bit. What about you, Dr. Houston? How have the students impacted you? As a professor here, I would say that I've generated a lot of very close relationships with my former students. And for me to have a graduate class come to my house, I've done that. Or some of my students, they would say, hey, Dr. H, can we go out and get some coffee? I want to talk to you about something. Or, you know, I've invited them over for meals. We were here one Thanksgiving, and we actually went around, hey, if you want Thanksgiving dinner, you'll be here at 1 o'clock, and we'll feed you. And I think that's one of the things about that I love about WT. The students, 
I, I just love them. I mean, they're like my own kids or our own kids. And so what Marianne was saying, that is not unusual <laughs> to go into Walmart and be shopping and have one of the students who had call me. And they come, here's what I really love. They come up and say, Dr. H, you remember me. And I said, well, well, um, please help me out. And when, when did I teach you? Oh, 2001. Oh, sure. That's as clear as mud. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I do thank them and I do love them all. One of the greatest privileges that I had as a professor here was graduation. And when the students would graduate, that in of itself is, is phenomenal. But I had the opportunity to go up and meet their parents and tell their parents, thank you. Thank you for giving us the time to share your son or daughter with us. And thank you for doing a great job in raising your son or daughter. That I miss that today. I'm able to do that when we meet our parents at our various games and I'm still able to do that. But that graduation was always very special to me. One thing that I'm just thinking of is we are in so many family pictures at graduation. <laughs> come on, come on. you got to get in the picture, too. So we've, we're parts of lots of families, which is exciting. Both of you, I'm sure, are full of, like, sage wisdom and all of that to share with students. So maybe you could give some advice for our current students. For our current students, I really feel strongly that we have uh, two types of education. You have the education you get in the classroom, and then you have the education of life. And I'm a very strong believer that we need to combine both for our students before they graduate. I believe in internships. I think they're probably one of the best classes you can take. And the reason for that is in a classroom, you cannot create life decisions. Whereas when you go into a, a job as an intern, you see it in action. You see the kind of issues you're going to deal with. You also have to work as a team with people you've never met before because you just come in. And then there's tough decisions that have to be made. So I'm a very big believer in that. And I encourage students, look at yourselves, you know, you're, you're here, you're, you're getting a degree in, in communications, art, or media, or whatever. But what are you doing right now? Do you get this in a classroom? And the answer is, you're doing it. That's what life is all about. That's why I'm an advocate of that. I guess probably the most advice, and I'm very careful giving advice unless it's asked for, because I don't want to push my thoughts on the college students, because there are a couple generations behind me and think totally differently. But they do ask. And we've had a couple student athletes call and say, uh, could we come over for dinner? Which we love because they feel comfortable enough coming. And it's usually there's something that they need to talk about. And it's usually something personal. And and that's kind of in the realm that we get into is kind of it's more advising or t here this is these are some options these are some things you should look at another thing is we can just be there for them and just be a sounding board sometimes they just want to talk and in doing so they can solve their own problems just by kind of letting someone else 
hear what they're thinking and think, oh, well, that was really a dumb idea. I guess I won't do that. But that's kind of what we get used for a lot, which is great. We appreciate it. We appreciate that they have enough confidence in us to come over and ask us for help and know that we're going to have their best interest at heart. That's, that's been really special. And again, that's the, here at WT is the only place we've ever been able to do something like that. He's been able to do some of it in his other university positions, but this is the first time we've ever really been able to do it on a personal level in our homes. I love that. So I see y'all both have a lot of stories and memories from WT. Is there a specific one that you would say, ooh, that's definitely my favorite? As a criminal justice professor, I was always a little different. I brought in and made, because of my career, would try to create real-life situations. So it was about 10 years ago, and I would give a practical exam in my crime scene investigation class. And I attracted some local media attention, so I had somebody from Channel 10. And so they came out, uh, a reporter and a cameraman. And I had been doing final exams in this course outside. And what I did, and I staged a bombing. And because I taught my class how, when you investigate a bomb scene, how ATF works with the local police, because I had to do that in the past. So <laughs> we're out where, <clears throat> on the other side of the FUB, before they built all this stuff out there, that was wide open. So I had about a quarter mile that I went and marked off and put them into sections, like section one, section two, that's what you do. And so I had uh, the university police chief and I very close, so I brought out his command van, and then I had a big map of the area, and I divided them in the teams, and they had worked for 15 weeks together as a team of five, and I taught them how to you know, recognize, mark, photograph, and properly document all sorts of evidence, and then take fingerprints and all this stuff. So we're out here, and it's in May. It's a very nice day. It's a little bit later in the morning, like about, I think it was around 10. So I gave gave them a debrief, got them all lined up. We're all briefing. They had their notes, just like you do. And so I cut them loose. And they hadn't gone more. <laughs> they, they, they probably went maybe 100 yards away from where we were. And my group started yelling, screaming, Dr. H, Dr. H, big snake. And I said, oh, crud. So... I go running there. There's this honking huge rattlesnake. And I said, oh, crap. So I got on the phone, um, and I <laughs> dialed the, the campus police. And I had a guy by the name of Lieutenant Cognizant. And I said, Patrick, you got to come up here. we got that big old snake. you got to take care of this now in the middle of an exam. So I go, I, by the way, I am... I got a phobia of snakes. I mean, I will jump and fly, and I hate them. I've had them since I was a little kid. So we get down there, and so I had a seven iron, a golf club seven iron I pulled out of the back of my, my car, and I gave it to one of my guys, and I said, just don't let that idiot get close to anybody. Just get back. 
So we're walking back to the command van, and the, the cameraman is sitting there. He says, uh, Dr. H, you like snakes? I said, I hate snakes. I said, if I had my gun, I'd shoot it right here. And, and he says, well, there's a big one over there. I was airborne and gone. <laughs> so this other reporter comes, uh, the other reporter's there. And so we get back. And then as soon the cops come. And so they, they, very nice, you know, they pick up the snake, put it whatever, and they're about to leave. And this other group on the other side, in this other section, raving and screaming, Dr. H, big snake. He pissed off too. And I said, oh, man. So I go running down there again. And there you are. I mean, this baby's doing this. I said, oh, Lord have mercy. So I got the cops back there. They got that. I'm watching the time. This is a final exam. So I, I, they said, okay, we'll, we'll get him out. Go ahead, keep going. And then I finally got to the point. I said, I got, I got to quit this. The liability here is huge. We already got two stinking big snakes, and I've seen three. You know, so anyways, I shut the exam down. Everybody brought all their stuff in, and I graded them on what they did. Now, what you don't know is after that was done, Sean, the police chief, got a hold of uh, the gardener or the grounds people, and they went out there. They didn't find one bunch. They found seven. And that was where, that was on like a Tuesday. On that Saturday, when gra- that's when graduating, that was the overflow parking area for graduation, as you know, spring graduation. And I'm sitting there saying, well, thank the good Lord that we had that now. Could you imagine people putting car? Oh, my gosh. And then the other problem. I got all this evidence, and I'm talking, I got, I mean, I've got car parts. I mean, we're talking water pumps, shock absorbers, engine parts. I got all this stuff. I mean, it's uh, for this quarter mile by quarter mile. And so so that has gone down in uh, sort of another legacy area. <laughs> that, that's probably one of the funniest things at WT that I did, and that was this. Now was at the time it was not hysterical. It driving me nuts, but that was a that was definitely a fun trip. All over a snake. <laughs> I don't have anything quite that exciting. I think probably the thing that I remember the most and really appreciate is the students coming to me and asking for help because they've got to have trust, and that makes me feel good that, that I have earned the trust of a lot of these students. Mostly athletes, but not all, because our granddaughter was not involved in athletes, so her friends were not athletes. We had kids from all different majors and stuff like that that would come and spend time with us. So that was what was special. It was I, nowhere near as hysterical as Harry Snake's story, which is gone. I'm surprised you haven't heard it, because it's kind of legend around here. The snake story is hilarious, but what you said is just as important. Mentors are necessary to college survival, even just living life in general. So, we asked about your favorite memory from here at WT, but I gotta ask, what does WT mean to you? You know, it's hard to put into words because it's because of WT that we came to Canyon, and it's because WT that we've grown to love Canyon. And there are so many opportunities for students to get a really good education, and that's why we support WT. That's why we love being a part of it. It's almost hard that he's not on campus every day, because we're not as tuned into what's going on. 
because we like to know what's going on and if we can step in and help somewhere. But he still, through the athletic department and his volunteer job, keeps us fairly well connected. And so that's why we support WT because it's here. It's what brought us here, which has been the best move we've ever made. People have asked us if, once we retired, are you going to move near closer to your kids and stuff like that? And probably the reason we say no is because we love WT and we love being involved with the university as a whole and the city of Canyon, too. I think that what I love about WT, I love the students. I love what we stand for as a university. I love the the interaction of everybody who, like, gives to WT, supports WT, has one thing in mind, and that is help our students. Education is very expensive. But if, like, we give to WT through a variety of scholarships or through a variety of other things, but our goal in that is to provide somebody like yourselves that have a need that if we can help you out, the side point of that is, like Marianne was talking, the relationships that you have. We have fantastic relationship with, with students. We have great relations with faculty, staff, administration. And those are very special and very unique. That That's why we love WT. This is your home as students, but we feel this is our home as retired faculty, and we will be here for a long time. That's amazing. We appreciate both of you for your time and service to this university and to the students. I'm sure there's plenty of other students who you've helped who'd like to say thank you as well. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Dr. Houston, Marianne, thank you for joining us here today on the IMWT podcast. You've been amazing guests. For all you listeners, you can catch all episodes of the IMWT podcast by going to wtamu.edu slash podcasts. Thank you both, and we'll see you next time.